Uh, welcome to this third in the series about the life of David, a man after God's heart. Let's pray that God will speak to us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for David's heart that was so pleasing to you. And we long that our hearts would be more and more pleasing to you and also that our actions would please you. So send your spirit on us now and speak to us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. So let me just recap on the first two we've had. The first one, uh, we saw how God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And David's heart was very pleasing to God. Uh, he was chosen by God to be the future king. He was anointed by Samuel and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, then last time we started looking at the story of David and Goliath, and we're still in that story today. Last time we saw how David was shocked, outraged at the fear that Saul and the Israelite army had for Goliath and the Philistines. Instead of that, we saw that David had a fear of the Lord. He was far more concerned for God's honour than for anything else. And he was passionate about God's honour, uh, which leads him to go and fight Goliath. I wonder what passion God has put into your heart uh, if Jesus is your Lord, he's put his Holy Spirit in you. There will be things that God has put in you, desires in you, things he wants you to do something about. For David, at this point, it was dealing with Goliath, a passion for the honour of the Lord. But that same passion for the honour of the Lord would find its expression in psalms of worship in years to come. What's your passion? Maybe you've got children at home and there's a God-given passion for them to be the best they can be for them to grow up to know and love and serve the Lord with all their hearts. Perhaps it's something a bit wider. Maybe it's the awful evil of poverty. Uh, perhaps you, God's given you a concern for feeding people through the food bank or for working with Christians against poverty to help get people out of debt. Or maybe you are fed up with the godlessness of society all around. People are in such a mess without God and you want to introduce them to Jesus or you want to go and care for them. And maybe that's what motivates you as a street pastor or something like that. Perhaps it's education and schools. Perhaps it's healthcare and medicine. Perhaps it's wanting God to be honoured in the world of business or media or the arts or local government or maybe national government. Uh, it may just be a passion to care for your neighbours and those around you. But there will be something. Uh, if you're not sure, uh, what God's calling you to do, ask God to stir within you something uh, that really gets you going, something you say that's not right, you want to do something about that. For David, it is taking Goliath out. He is outraged that Goliath is bad-mouthing the people of God and the God of Israel. For me, uh, I realised it was hopeless churches that put people off God as a teenager put off by Sleepy Village Church or hypocritical school chapel. And God put a passion in me to serve his church and help churches grow to be more healthy. Uh, there's a growing passion in me to see churches wherever they're needed, good ones, new housing estates, or old churches that are tired uh, being revitalized. What's in your heart? God will have put a passion there. Uh, but once you've got that, and once you know what it is, you have to do something about it. And it was one thing for David to be outraged by Goliath, uh, but another thing for him to go and fight him. 
it would have been all too easy for David to think, well, this is outrageous, but what can I do about it? Uh, but David keeps asking questions and his older brother is furious with him. Let me read to you 1 Samuel 17 verses 28 to 30. When Eliab, David's eldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are, how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. It may be that God's put something on your heart and it's family members that are discouraging you. Uh, family has the most amazing ability to encourage us for good or to discourage us. Uh, David has this wonderfully godly heart. God looks on his heart and loves it. He's filled with the spirit, uh, but his older brother is not impressed with him. And it may be you are pleasing to the Lord and God's put a desire on your heart, but your family are discouraging you. Uh, Keep pursuing what God has put on your heart. Don't allow people to put you off what God is calling you to do. Then Saul hears about it and calls David in and they talk together. And Saul tries to get David to wear his own armour. Let me read to you from verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul. I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Uh, Saul's armour was too big and too heavy for David, and he wasn't used to it. Uh, and sometimes we try and do the thing God's called us, but not in a way that's true to ourselves. Sometimes we try and do it the way someone else would do it. And it's no good trying to wear Saul's armour. I've called this talk uh, the courage to be yourself. And as God calls you to do something, you need to do it in the way he has wired you and gifted you. Now David was a shepherd, an experienced shepherd. He had his shepherd's staff and his shepherd's bag, his slingshot that was his weapon of choice. I remember hearing Wes Stafford speak a few years ago, who was the head of Compassion. Wes had grown up in an African village and talks about how brilliant he was with a slingshot, as were all the other boys. They had no Playstations to play with. They used to practice flinging stones with their slingshots and they would keep the monkeys away from destroying the crops and he reckoned he could hit a target at a distance fairly easily. He was pretty sure that David would have been uh, very accurate with his shepherd's slingshot. And that's what he used to go out and face Goliath. That's what God had given him experience in. That's what he was gifted at and used to. How has God shaped you? There's quite often uh, the acronym S-H-A-P-E used. What, what spiritual gifts has he given you? What heart has he put in you? What abilities? What passion? What experience? Uh, I often think, what brings me joy in serving God? What are the things that bring me alive? And how do I do that uh, in a way that is true to me? It reminds me a bit of uh, when Moses was called by God. And uh, God said to Moses, what have you got in your hand? And Moses had his staff, his shepherd's staff, like David had his. 
And God said, well, we can use that. Uh, and God used that shepherd's staff that Moses had. It became uh, the staff of the Lord from that point on. Or it reminds me of the little boy at the feeding of the 5,000 who'd brought his lunch, five loaves and two fish. And you think, what is that among so many people? But it is amazing what God can do when you offer to him what you have. The loaves and fish fed the 5,000. Moses, with that shepherd's staff, went and confronted Pharaoh. And David, with his slingshot, was able to take out Goliath. Some years later, David wrote this in Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And I bet he remembered how God had defeated Goliath using just his shepherd's sling and his faith in God. So I want to encourage you to develop that heart God has given you for what he's calling you to do, and then to do it in a way that is true to yourself, to how God has made you, to how he's wired you to be. Hebrews 13 verse 7 says, Consider your leaders' lives and imitate their faith. Uh, quite help. Quite often what people do is to consider their leader's faith and then try and imitate their life and try and be someone else. And that rarely works, never works. God has called you to be you and he wants you to develop more and more into the person he's made you to be. As Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, don't let the world squeeze you into its mould. You be the person God has made you to be. Uh, and all down history, people have said something similar. Shakespeare, to yourself be true. Or I love the way Disney's Aladdin has it with the genie saying to Aladdin, be yourself. Don't try and be someone else. Ultimately, when we stand before the Lord at the end of our life, we will give account of our lives. Obviously, we will give account of how we've lived with Jesus as Lord. Uh, but God will ask us, how true to ourselves? What have we done with what God gave to us, the gifts he gave to us, the experience, the abilities, the passion? What did we do with that? If you're a parent, how did you parent the children God trusted you with? God made David a shepherd, a musician, a worshipper and a warrior. Uh, he may have wired you very differently. I was reading in Acts 9 the story of Dorcas, Tabitha, who made who showed her love for the lord by making clothes for other people and they and spreading jesus's love that way it doesn't matter how god's wired you it does matter that you develop the heart he's given you and you do it the way he's wired you don't try and wear saul's armor like david uh, you know what god has gifted you in and uh, that's the way to be true to yourself and faithful to the lord in the small groups or your triplets or formations, do talk about what passion has God given you? What bugs you? What would you do something about if you could? Uh, what would be the first step in that? And how has God gifted you? What experiences, what gifts, how has he wired you? Uh, perhaps what's stopping you from stepping out to be the person God's made you to be? Is it family discouragement or is it trying to be someone else that you're not. Uh, let's pray that God would help each one of us to be more and more the person he's made us to be, to his praise and glory.
We thank you, Lord Jesus, that David had the courage to be true to himself, not to wear Saul's armour, but to go and tackle Goliath with his shepherd's slingshot that he was so skilled in. Forgive us when we try to be someone we're not. Forgive us when we allow others to discourage us from stepping out and doing what you are calling us to do. I pray now, Lord, that you would pour your Holy Spirit down on each person listening to this and stir up within them a passion for something you are calling them to do something about. Thank you for all the experiences and gifts that you have given to each one of us. Give us grace to be more and more the person you've called us to be, to your praise and glory. Amen.